use it to its advantage and be grateful for it and shift that mindset to being annoyed with whatever you're annoyed with to being grateful that you have this opportunity to have free advertising. You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, the podcast for coaches, thought leaders, and change makers who are ready to become the standout expert. If that's you, stay tuned because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Samantha Riley, and I want to help you build a successful business sharing your expertise, generate the impact and income you need to create your ideal lifestyle. It's time to make a difference and scale up. Are you ready? Let's enter the lab. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Tori. It's great to have you joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. It's going to be lots of fun. We're talking about how to use Instagram or how to turn our Instagram followers, or actually a better way is probably to say how to transition our Instagram followers to paying clients, which is a great topic. We've not talked about this on the show, so I'm really looking forward to deep dive on this topic with you. But before we get started, why don't you share a little bit with our listeners about what you do and how you got to be here talking about this topic? Perfect. Like you said, my name is Tori. I am a business coach for other online coaches. So I specifically help online coaches create and sell their offers organically, mostly using Instagram. So I get about 90% of my clients using Instagram alone. So that is why I love to teach about that. A little bit of background on me, how I got here. I used to be a hairstylist and I pretty much gained my entire clientele using Instagram. So that's where I fell in love with using Instagram to build business. So from there, I started teaching other hairstylists how to use Instagram for their businesses. And from there, I fell in love with the coaching industry And of course, then, you know, fell even more in love and realized that I wanted to help other women do what I do. And that's where I started coaching specifically coaches. Love it. So Instagram, I'd love to start with who should be on this platform? Is it suitable for all niches or verticals or industries, or is it better suited to some industries than others? Well, I do like to have all of my clients when they first start out with me really dive deep into who their ideal client is. Mm -hmm. And I think some industries more than others will have ideal clients who are primarily on Instagram, or maybe they're just a little bit on Instagram, but also on Facebook. So it's definitely important to take those things into account. But I feel like with the way that the world is right now, I would say most people are on Instagram. So I definitely think regardless of what industry or niche you're in, I think using Instagram is really beneficial for almost everyone's business. Awesome. I mean, Instagram, it's not like Facebook where it's just Facebook. Instagram's got, you know, it's got their feed, it's got stories, it's got reels, it's got IGTV. Where does one start? Because I think that it'd be quite overwhelming trying to do all of that. And I certainly don't use all of those features. What's A, what's hot right now? You know, how do people know which strategies to use just within the Instagram platform itself? I'm really glad you brought that up because a lot of people, when they first come to me, do express that they're feeling overwhelmed. And that's the last thing that I want. You know, 
is such a great free tool for us to advertise. So the last thing I want is people feeling overwhelmed or, you know, turned off by it. So my biggest piece of advice is start small and be consistent. So instead of creating this huge goal for yourself of like, I'm going to post on my feed every single day and create like tons of reels and do all of the things. Start small. I usually tell my clients, you know, three feed posts a week is a great place to start and one story post a day. As far as using the other features of Instagram, I think it really comes down to what your goals are. For example, if your goal is to really connect with your current audience, I think stories is the best way to go about that. If your goal is to expand your reach and get new followers, Instagram does favor accounts that use their new features. So that would be things like Reels, IGTV, those types of video features. I love that. And I think the biggest thing that I got from what you said then that I really, really want people to take away because I'm so passionate about this is it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's whichever you choose. Be consistent. Consistency beats everything. So true. I totally agree. Consistency is key for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you did mention a little bit there on how often to post. Three times per week is a great place to start in the feed. Let's just start with just the post and then we'll move on to the other features. So is three times a week a great place to start and then increase? I don't know much about the algorithm. Is it fine to stay there all the time? How does it work? What should we be aiming for and how would that change the, you know, the warmth of our audience or people reaching out? So that again kind of goes back to your goals and also honestly where you're at as far as your Instagram goes, meaning like how long you've been doing it, how established your brand is, all of those types of things. So if you are in the very beginning stages where you're just trying to grow your following, the more you can post, the better. Once you get to a place where you feel like you're not so much interested in growth, but more so like I mentioned, things just like connecting with your current audience, converting them into clients, those kinds of things, then I think you can stay around that sweet spot of three. My goal for myself personally is two to three posts a week. But people do say that in the beginning, when you're really trying to build that following, the more the better. But along with that too, going back to consistency, I still think is key over anything. And I do also believe in quality over quantity. So if you feel like you're posting so much that the value of your content is going down a little bit and you're just kind of doing it to do it, then I would say, you know, scale it back a little bit and create a goal that's something you can create more valuable content with. I love that. Just doing it to do it because people get that energy, right? You can just tell that it's forced or it just doesn't have the, you know, that air of abundance, I guess. Just feel it. So that's the feed. You did mention that Reels is one of the newer features and that Instagram is pushing that. Are we better off to be doing Reels than posting in our feed? Like, I'd love to know about this. I actually know nothing about Reels, P.S. Yeah, yeah, they're pretty new. They're fun. And again, I think it really goes back to your goals and how much you're really trying to grow. So if you are someone that's really, really trying to get your follower count up and, you know, really reach new people, 
I would definitely prioritize creating reels over feed posts if I had to choose one or the other, just because there is a much higher chance of people seeing it because of Instagram favoring it. Cool. And, and stories. I mean, I love stories for me personally. I love it that it sits right at the top. So when you open your Instagram app that they're right at the top, I love it that, that you can just click through them and they're so fast. You know, we're also, it's funny, we're also busy yet we still consume content, right? But, you know, it's just that like, it's almost like a sugar fix of social media because it's just, yep, cool, that feels good. And you said that stories daily. Can you tell us more about why we would want to create stories? Well, partially for the reasons that you just mentioned. I think it's everyone's favorite thing to look at on Instagram. And so it's a great tool to connect with our audience because it's a video feature and they get to see our face and kind of feel like we're talking face to face with them. It's a great trust builder, which we know people are much more likely to buy from us if they feel like they trust us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's why I love using stories. I think it's a great way for people to kind of see a sneak peek, if you will, of your like day-to-day life as opposed to where posts and even reels can feel a little bit more curated, you know, stories feel very organic. And I think people really love that. Is there more chance of people reaching out via stories than there is through any of the other channels? For me personally, I get a lot more direct responses in my DMs from stories. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. So I know that you talk a lot about building authority, which is definitely a topic that I talk on as well. But I love what you also say about not getting friend zoned. I really want to dive into this because I feel that this is something that hurts so many people. And it wasn't even until you said it that I was like, that's exactly what it is. Friend zoned. Can you talk about what that is? This is, again, something that a lot of my clients come to me needing help with. And I think it's because in the coaching industry, we are all helpers. We're givers, right? And we love just being there for people, being there for our audiences, creating valuable content, sharing with them. But if we don't take back our authority a little bit and also create content that really puts us in a leadership role, it can get us what we like to say, friend zoned, because your audience will start to look at you as more of a peer or an equal than a leader in your industry, which of course, I'm not saying that you need to not also be a friend. I'm very friendly and open on my Instagram, but I also very much own my role as a leader. And so I think there needs to be a little bit of a balance there with content that is just valuable and fun and also content that is very much that of a leader and an actual business owner. So how do we create that content that is positioning us as the authority or as the expert? Can you give us a comparison of what, you know, an authority position post as opposed to something that's going to put us in the friend zone? Yes, a few examples. And one, the first tip that I have is not super tangible, but I think it's very important. And that is the energy that you show up with. So for example, when you're showing up on your stories, show up very powerfully and confidently and really own, I think a lot of it is about owning your strengths and your wins, you know, as a coach, like really own the things that you're good at and show up confidently because your audience can feel that. And they can feel if you're even, for example, little language switches, like if you're talking about an offer that you're selling, instead of saying something like, 
if you think this is something you need, you know, click the link in my bio, no pressure, as opposed to saying, if you've been struggling with A, B, and C, I know this is what you need. I have the solution for you. Click the link in my bio. You know, so just wow, that's so cool. You can hear straight away. And funnily enough, it wasn't just the words, it was the energy that came out of the way that you said that. Yes. So those little language and energy shifts, I think, are very important within the way that we show up online. What about the actual posts? As in the content, is there a difference in the content that you suggest we post? Well, I would definitely say one of the things that has gotten some of my clients in the friend zone prior to working with me is being afraid of selling in their content. So I think a lot of the times people think that as long as they're creating content that, for example, is maybe like tips and tricks and stories and stuff like that, they think that people will read that and just run to their DMs and ask how they can work with them. And unfortunately, that's not usually the case. We need to be (laughs) very clear on what we're selling and very willing to sell. So I think that's a big shift is not only creating that valuable content, but also really telling your audience how they can work with you, why they need to work with you, what you have available and breaking through that fear of selling online. I love that so much. So once we've built our audience on Instagram, and actually I'm going to even stop myself there because I think that what I'm saying is like build audience first and then move to trying to get your clients to transition. But it's not even that at all, is it? Because you can be, you can be transitioning right from the beginning. How do we move these people that are on Instagram, our audience, to become clients? Like how do we go from followers to clients? Well, a big piece, I think what we already covered a little bit is that authoritative content and making sure that our content includes us telling them exactly what we have available and why they need it and including calls to action as in like what next steps they need to take if they're interested. So giving them very clear calls to actions, like click the link in my bio or DM me. Another huge piece, though, I think personally is not waiting for people to come to us always but being proactive in creating connections. So making sure that you're not just waiting for people to follow and comment on your posts, but also following people, commenting on their posts, DMing people, starting those connections and making sure that you're kind of consistently planting seeds. They may not turn into clients right away, but at least that way we have some seeds planted instead of just creating content and then twiddling our thumbs, waiting for people to bite. Totally, totally. No, I loved what you said there about next steps. And I want to dive into this a little bit more because what I'm seeing a lot on Instagram is people thinking, and I'm seeing it a lot on Instagram at the moment, people thinking that it goes from follower, someone that follows you today to client on the same day. And I personally don't believe that's a next step. I feel like that's the next 10 steps, but I'd love to hear your take on that. Yes, I love that. And I totally agree with you. I think there are a lot of things that happen in between that period, like you said, of someone following you and then becoming a client, including maybe downloading a free resource. Hopefully you have a free resource of some sort in your bio, or whether that be 
DMing and starting that connection, building that trust in the DMs before they buy. Or maybe it's purchasing something that's very low ticket from you. So I like to encourage my clients to not only have one very high ticket one-on-one coaching offer, for example, but also have something maybe like a one hour intensive or something that people can purchase when they're still in that getting to know you phase. Maybe they're not ready for a full commitment yet. It's important to have other offers that are lower ticket and easier for other people to be comfortable investing in. We've got to take away that barrier to entry. You know, I was talking about this with my clients on a group coaching call this morning is to think through the eyes of your ideal client and and also like see yourself in that position. Like if you go onto Instagram and you connect with someone and they ask you to buy, do you buy something straight away? Like none of us do buy a high ticket item straight away. It's just not going to happen. Yet people think it's different. They're like, oh, I couldn't sell my high ticket, you know, my high ticket program. And to think like, what are your buying strategies? And what does it take for you to be able to know, like, and trust someone enough to hand over your credit card and start to realize that your audience are real people just like you. I feel that this is such an important piece. Yes, you totally hit the nail on the head there. I agree for sure. And I think You brought up another point that I want to make sure I'm clear on too. When I say I think that people should be getting in the DMs and planting seeds, I do not mean cold pitching. Like I don't mean your first DM being, here's what I have to offer if you're interested, you know, I mean. Well, that's exactly what I was going to ask because I know that's not what you were saying. So can you give us an idea of how we would reach out to someone in the first place? And at what point in this journey of, you know, this leaving the breadcrumbs, I guess, do we do things like offer our lead magnet? At what point do we offer to get on a call? At what point do we bring different aspects in? Can you give us an idea on what that timeline looks like? So I will preface too by saying I am very much my favorite form, I guess I should say of marketing is attraction marketing. So a lot of what I teach my clients is that first foundational piece of like what content is going to attract your ideal client so that if we do get in the DMs with people, they're already hopefully somewhat have built that no like and trust factor, right? So we're going into the DMs with the mindset that they're a little bit warmed up to us already. And little tip, but important one, for getting in the DMs, I like to just start responding to people's stories. So instead of DMing them saying, you know, something that feels sort of out of the blue, follow them, start watching their stories and respond to something, even if it's just a picture of their cute dog or their coffee or whatever, you're getting in their DMs and starting that conversation, making them aware of you, but you're not cold pitching them because that doesn't feel good to anyone. No, it feels slimy. Yes. And then from there, my whole mindset is I don't go into that already thinking I'm for sure going to end up selling to them. I go into that thinking, I want to get to know this person, maybe see if this conversation turns into business related and then maybe see if they're an ideal client even for me right I think a lot of people go into the dms thinking with the mindset of like I want to get this person as a client no one wants to be got though right (laughs) 
Exactly. I'm just trying to figure out if this is even someone that I want to work with and if I'm sure that I can help them or not. And then from there, if the conversation naturally leads that way and I feel comfortable telling them about what I have to offer, I will. But I'm never going to do anything that feels forceful or, or inauthentic. I love it. What's the difference between commenting on someone's posts versus commenting on their story so that it's in their DMs? I feel like, and and you tell me if you feel this way too, but I feel like for me, stories and getting in the DMs is a little bit personal and I'm a little bit more likely to respond. I was interested to hear what you were going to say because what I find is exactly the same thing is that if someone comments on a post, you know, it's nice, but when someone comments to my DMs, it comes into, you know, it's personal and you tend to Well, A, for a start, you're seeing their name on the screen. If you're commenting on a post, you don't necessarily even see their Instagram handle. When you're commenting, where in the DMs, you see exactly who you're speaking with and you've got that, you know, you can see exactly what the post was, what you commented. You can see the interactions that go backwards and forwards. So for me, it feels a lot more personal. Yes, that's totally it. Exactly. Awesome. So for people, Tori, that have been listening to this episode and they want to connect further with you, I believe that you have got a free resource that would be super helpful. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and how people can get a copy? Yes. So if you go to my Instagram profile, which my handle is the whole Tori, W-H-O-L-E-T-O-R-I, In the link in my bio, I have a free resource that is called How to Create a Captivating Offer, and it takes you step-by-step through the process that I teach my clients when they're creating a new coaching offer, whether it's one-on-one or a group program or a course even. It's basically a formula that I like to use to make sure that you're creating an offer that is going to captivate your audience, which is why it's called Captivating Offer. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. So definitely we'll put all of those things in the show notes in case you're doing something and can't get to your phone right now. Tori, you've been super helpful today in just laying out what this strategy looks like and understanding all the steps along the way. But I'd love you to go big picture now. What is the takeaway that you would love coaches to take away from, you know, using Instagram? What's the big takeaway? Why do we want to use it? What's that last piece of value that you want to leave? The biggest takeaway I would say is remember that it is free advertising. I think so many people have, Instagram gets a bad rep. I think so many people have a weird relationship with it. We can get in this place where we're mad at the algorithm for not giving us enough likes or, you know, Instagram feels toxic or whatever the case may be. And I would say, use it to its advantage and be grateful for it and shift that mindset to being annoyed with whatever you're annoyed with to being grateful that you have this opportunity to have free advertising because it's an amazing place to connect with ideal clients. And pre-Instagram, there was nothing for businesses that was this efficient and free. You know, My other last tip that I want to say is Do something today on Instagram that gets you out of your comfort zone, whether that is maybe you have never gone on your stories and showed your face and talked to your phone, or maybe you haven't posted a reel yet, whatever it is, do something that gets you out of your comfort zone, because I think that's the best way for us to continue to grow and use the platform to its full potential. I love it. And, you know, 
the two biggest takeaways from this is consistency and implementation. Instagram is the tool that we use, but really consistency and implementation are the two things that it doesn't matter what platform we're using. If we don't have the, you know, consistency and implementation, it doesn't work. So definitely that is my biggest takeaway. Tori, it's been fabulous to chat with you today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for dropping so many value bombs and it's been great to chat. Thank you so much. It was so fun. Today's episode may be over, but let's continue the conversation. Head on over to the Thought Leaders Business Lab community on Facebook and connect with other entrepreneurs who are building and scaling their business too. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab.